September 5th. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon and myself with you for the next couple of hours. We're glad you're with us. If you miss any portion of the program, you can always check it out later on in the day, kxno.com on the podcast page. Coming up on the program today, busy show, looking forward to a lot of sports wagering discussion, certainly in the first hour. Um, we will get into a couple of things. Aaron Torres is going to join us at 1025. He's our Sweet 16 guest from Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres will join us. He's a Kentucky grad, and uh, we will talk about the Thursday and Friday matchups that uh, wait, await us. Brian Arilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission going to give us a status update on where the bill is. There's been some disappointing news come out of politicians' mouths in the next couple of, or the last rather couple of weeks. I'm so glad I can't vote um and I, I, they're going to mess this up folks I'm, I'm i'm scared to death that they're going to mess this up because it was sailing along smoothly and then one of them decides to get involved and then another one wants their name in the paper and here we are and we'll talk about it in the first segment and then with brian arilco uh at ten forty-five. joe quinn our old buddy who Excuse me, I swallowed badly. Who used to work here uh, is now on ESPN 590 over in Omaha, and he's been doing afternoon drive there for, oh, probably five years now, Trent? Yeah, seems about right, yeah. Uh, he's done it for a long time, and we'll get the latest on Fred Hoiberg. Boy, could they be messing this uh, I thought the politicians that are trying to uh, inject themselves into this sports wagering thing are messing things up. Could they mess things up any worse on this Tim Miles firing? Is he staying or is he going? Make up your minds. It should be a very simple equation, right? You finish up your season on Sunday night. Yeah, Monday you get your walking papers or you get a vote of confidence. Right. One of the two. Mm -hmm. Leaving a guy out to dry, though. Mm. Let me ask you this. Is it um, the president of Nebraska resigned yesterday? Mm -hmm. And I think kind of caught a lot of people off guard. I don't think that this was something that was expected. Maybe? It's a good excuse. Yeah, probably that's what it is. Though, it's right? a good excuse. I, I, You want to use that? Okay. You know what's going to happen. Or is Bill Moose in over his head? I that, don't think so. I don't either, but I, I've seen that bandied about Have you? over the last, well, really couple of weeks and, and people concerned about it. Now, if it's as simple as many people believe that Fred Hoiberg is just waiting to sign the papers and his staff's already assembled and they're ready to go... Mm-hmm. Then just make the move. This has got to be, I would think, pissing him off because he understands the kind of coaching mantra, if you will. You don't, you you don't talk about another job while someone is still in that job. Right. That's kind of the unwritten rules. Right. Whenever you get asked about uh, a team that you're about to play, whether they're well coached or not, you say that they're well coached. Yes. Yes. That's in the handbook. Everybody does every other coach a favor. Oh, they're very well coached. Whether Tom Izzo, after a guy gets fired, he talks about how bad a look it is Absolutely. for the university. It doesn't matter if you're god-awful like Todd Licklider. Correct. Yeah. Oh, what a terrible decision this was. <laughs> well, of course, because he throttled Iowa twice a year. And you're looking forward to doing that yeah, for the foreseeable right, future. Right. Uh, but we'll get Joe Quinn in here. I want to pick his, uh, take his pulse as well. You know, is, What does the fan base feel? 
Trent, I hope it happens. I've said this. I know I think you feel the same way. I think it's going to be good for business. I really do. And when a business, I mean our business, sports talk, it's going to kill segments. It's going to give us something more to talk about with, you know, the mayor of Ames being over there. The Nebraska-Iowa thing was starting to become a thing clearly in football. Mm -hmm. Maybe it will be in basketball a little bit more. Well, and it's been good in basketball. It's certainly a completely different level than football just because of historically what Nebraska is and They've never won an NCAA tournament game. But, mm-hmm. you know, you watch those games over the last, what, five, six years, I guess now. There's always a ton of Hawkeye fans in the building. Right. Same yeah. same thing mm-hmm. in Carver when Nebraska mm-hmm. plays there. There's always a good portion, probably as good as it is to travel for either of those fan bases to any of those locations. So because of that, absolutely. I, I think it has a chance to really morph into something. It's Hoiberg, a guy that was a Cyclone, then a Cornhusker. It would be easy for Hawkeye fans to root against that guy. The way he builds a program, if he goes down the route again, and the transfers, and they can add oh, he will. all sanctimonious and yeah. looking down at everybody at my well, how dare you go after transfers? Absolutely ridiculous. In fact, some of the best players in Iowa history were transfers, by the way. Andre Woolridge, where mm-hmm. he started his career, mm-hmm. Nebraska, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. People sometimes don't like to bring that up from time to time. You go back to the 70s teams and John Johnson, Juco kid. You know, you go on and on. But that aside, it would be good for business. It would be good to to have to have that rivalry for Iowa basketball. Because right now, we talk about rivalries in football so much, but it doesn't feel like they have a real rival in basketball. For years, it was Illinois. Mm-hmm. Right. Because of in Deion 80s, Thomas. Right, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, shady Jimmy Collins out doing his thing. And Deion Thomas Jimmy and, had the Chevy Blazer and everything else. That was easy. That That was, all right. These are the fun guys. These are the guys you want to go against, and, and there was real animosity there. Minnesota, it's it's always just been difficult. You don't got a pig on the line. That's what makes mm-hmm. the Iowa Minnesota f- football rivalry so great. Is the pig? Minnesota hasn't been good. They haven't been nationally relevant in fifty years, but that pig makes it so important. And Iowa and Wisconsin are very close to the same plane, but basketball wise, there's a huge gap. There's a huge gap of what they've accomplished over the last 20 years compared to Iowa basketball. So as you're looking around for a basketball rival, maybe Nebraska is the one. Maybe it's a school rival. Maybe they check all the boxes as far as rivals. I hope he gets the gig. We'll talk to Joe Quinn about that uh, coming up here at 11. When is Tim Miles going to get his walking papers? I would assume that's got to be today. But we'll talk to Joe about that again. He does afternoons on 590 ESPN Radio over in Omaha. And then coming up at 11.20 in his regular spot, Zubin Mahente, Trent, and I will go around the world of sports. All right, so let's. um, there was really nothing going on last night. I was uh, looking so forward to it. Went home. My Jets were playing. Hadn't been able to watch them, you know, start to finish and no basketball to interrupt that you have to watch or anything like that. And they promptly got their ass kicked. <laughs> so I went to bed in a miserable mood. Um, I flipped on the wild last night for yeah, the first time. Yeah, they needed in that, Trent. They and needed to they win lost. last night. I know. No, but yeah, that, that their their playoff chances are. I mean, there's only there's less than two weeks left in the season. Right. I think they have five games left. Five or six, yeah. whatever it is. But there, it ends a week from Saturday. I don't know if they can make it in or not, which is going to be disappointing mm-hmm. uh, on a lot of fronts. Because we, when there's something at least regional, mm-hmm. it makes it easier for us to talk about hockey. Because I'm sorry, we're not going to break down Flames Jets. Really? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's going to be difficult I, to pull. I would be happy to. I, I know you would. 
Well, the, the Ken Miller Hockey Podcast yeah. is where you can find that. No, I'm not going to go there. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but uh, your point's well taken because the Blackhawks are not going to get in either. And they were, yep. you know, the Blackhawks in their cups run, cup runs. But we'll talk NHL, but not to the extent we would if the Minnesota Wild were a part of it. Um, so the sports wagering thing, let's do that. Let's just spend a couple of minutes mm-hmm. on this. And my uh, disdain for politicians that want to inject themselves into this. And I, I don't know, Trent. I don't know enough about politics to... Um, to, to have a, a formed opinion on whether this is good and whether they're doing what they should or not. I did see, that, we, and you saw the same thing. The Des Moines Register did a poll, and the majority of Iowans apparently do not want sports wagering. It's coming. There's too many, there's too many people that do. So the first thing that came out a couple of weeks ago was the fact that it's going to get here, but apparently there's not enough votes to make this happen is what I read, that they're going to need some bipartisan help to make this thing, um, get this across the finish line. So one of the things that came up was in-game, in-play, whatever you want to call it, when I first was told about it, when it came over from the UK, when I first heard of it 10 or 12 years ago, it was called in-run wagering. Well, that was kind of a, um, and they, what is that? What the hell does that mean? Well, right, call yeah. it in-game wagering. Maybe people would understand. To me, what it is, what in-play wagering or in-game wagering really is to me is, as you know, before you before that, um, you could bet before the game started. Then they put up a line at halftime, and that would be it. So if you miss the kickoff, if you miss the tip-off, if you miss first pitch, if you miss the puck drop, you weren't able to get a bet down. Mm-hmm. Now you can walk into any casino at any time, and despite the fact that the game has started, you'll get a line on that game. That, to me, is in-game wagering. Yes, yes. Now, there are some spinoffs. You know, it's, there's some properties that will allow you, will he make both free throws, one free throw, yeah. no free throws? Is the, are they going to score? Are they going to score two runs in this inning? Blah blah, blah that kind of stuff. I'm not sure that'll ever take a hold. I really not. I mean, it's a niche market. It's a it's, that to me is really where you have. I have no problem with banning that because I think that's the guys and gals that could get in trouble. Mm-hmm. That that if you're if you're betting, you know. Free throws. Yeah. What, what the mm. next pitch is going to be. Right. You probably need fastball 1 800 off bets off. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. Is this fastball going to break 95 and a half over under? Minus 105. Yeah. Right. You have me intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> Not surprised. Uh-huh. Um, but so in play wagering to me is you can get a bet down at any time. But it, at halftime, halftime is the most prevalent. With bar, by far. By you, far. You see halftime line. All right. A team was favored by seven. They're actually down by two, but then the second half number comes out, and you say, I think they're going to come back, and you fire at that right. that way. You but we're programmed way. for that, because we're yeah. used to halftime lines. Yep. We're, we're not really used to this in the, this in-game wagering. And what they want to remove, and, and I don't think it's that big a deal, quite honestly. I can live with this one. They want to take Iowa and Iowa State off the board when it comes to in-game wagering. Okay. So if you have to give up a little bit, to me, I would be okay with, you know what? I'm going to, I get it. If that, if this means I'm going to get your vote, mm-hmm. if this is what I have to acquiesce to, okay, we'll, we'll go for that. Now, um, you're still going to be at, be able to bet on Iowa and Iowa State prior to the game starting, which is huge because Trent, there will be no more, there'll be no higher wagered teams than Iowa and Iowa State in our state. No doubt about it. NFL will do well. Yes. College football will do well. Iowa and Iowa State games will do better. Yes. That will be where you see the biggest percentage of bets. You'll probably see the biggest swing in points. Mm -hmm. If somebody comes in and wants to make a, that's going to change lines. And you're going to see point spreads probably different here than you're going to see in Vegas. 
as right. it pertains to that because yes. of the liability the that's going to be on done. the other side. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Iowa State's favored by 7.5 in Vegas. Might be an 8.5, 9-point favorite here at your casino because True. of they know that they're going to have to adjust that line and maybe even the opening line because of the cyclo money, the Hawkeye money that they expect to bring in. There's also the other side of it, and team's not playing very well. Everybody's fading. fading. Iowa, Iowa State might come back the other way, too, and get more value on the mm-hmm. other side of it. That, that's the component. But, yes, I, I get that. It's something to acquiesce. Sure. Okay. No in-game, I'm fine. With, uh, with those two schools only. Yep. You, you can still bet Nebraska-Michigan in-game if you want. That's okay. not coming off the board. I don't get why they think that is... You know, that's a win for them, mm-hmm. being meaning them as the politician. But if that's what you have to do to get your vote, okay. But then we have this latest, this, I don't know what you want to call it. Issue? Yeah, it's more than an issue. I, okay. think, I think it's a huge mistake. What I think Mary Wolf, who's a representative from Clinton, is doing is she's essentially driving betters back into the shadows. Because what she is, what she is proposing is a 3% tax to the better on any wager that's done via mobile device. And her concern, and it's a concern apparently, more of a concern with her at the, um, in her constituents in Clinton. And in Clinton, a portion which is the Wild Rose Casino, there, this is Wild Rose, this is her, but a percentage of the tax that Clinton pays on um, the Wild Rose pays on all the other types of wagering that they offer in their casino goes to, and I'm not sure exactly what it's called, a Clinton infrastructure fund. Okay. That's yep. not exactly what it is, but that's the crux of it. Um, and she's concerned that betters in her constituency won't go to the Wild Rose casino and place their bet. They'll do so via their mobile device, and she's afraid that that's going to hurt the other forms of gambling so that maybe when it comes, when that tax bill comes due, it won't be as high as it would be normally because bettors are staying home. They're not going to Wild Rose and making a sports bet, but while they're there, they're also playing a hand of poker or pulling out, pulling a lever on a slot machine. She thinks that the tax will go down because people don't have to go to the casino to actually physically wager. So I make my bet. I throw a hundred bucks on the Hawks. You throw a hundred and three bucks on the Hawks now. Now I'm putting a hundred and three down. Yes. Win or lose, you put a hundred and three down simply because it's a convenience of betting on your mobile device. So what? I, I, what? What's next for this woman? I mean, if a restaurant comes to her and says, you know what? These people that are taking delivery, I'm not selling a beer. I'm not pouring a cup mm-hmm. of coffee or they're not buying a Coke. I, I want a surcharge on the delivery tax. I mean, what, what, I, I don't understand why these politicians have to muck this up, Trent, because everybody has to be marching to the same beat, go forward in unison in order for this to pass. Because I saw some numbers yesterday. This isn't a slam dunk. This is not a done deal like most people, myself included, assumed that it was. This is closer than you would think. It doesn't make a lick of sense. It doesn't. There is not another state that has legalized gambling that has had this. No. This is the first idea that has come up. I I was reading a a review of this at a gambling website that said, this is a win. You know who it's a win for? The Caribbean. Right. Yeah, the bookies. 
Yeah, where, because let, let's face it, and I, I don't know if this lady is aware of this or not, sports wagering's not just about to start in Iowa. Oh. Sports wagering's been going on for decades. Here's her response, though, to this. Personally, I don't think this is a viable objection. Under the bill, placing sports bets on the black market will be a Class D felony. Hmm, I doubt that Iowa residents will commit choose to commit a felony in order to save themselves $3 or $30 or whatever. Mary, people, guys, women, have been betting illegally Look, I'm sitting across the, uh, the uh, room from one forever. Nope. This Everyone's isn't going to change people. No. And better shop for the best price. Yes. This is just in. So if you're going to put a surcharge because I don't want to get in my car and drive to a casino to wager on an event when it's January and the, snow, the wind's blowing and the snow's falling, I don't want to do that. And if you're concerned about the money that's coming in from playing a table game, the slots coming in, you don't think these last four days in Clinton, it would have been absolutely packed in there? And people are not nice. just going to sit at the sports book all day long. They're also going to do other things while they're there. Super Bowl Sunday, everyone's just going to bet mobily. No, people are going to go and they're going to experience it at the casino. And mm-hmm. not just here at Des Moines, but at all these casinos across the state. It is so short-sighted. It really is. I, look, I don't, this isn't a Wild Rose thing. I don't want people to think this is Wild Rose. This is one person. I mm-hmm. want to get her name right. Mary Wolf. Um, I want to get her party. Democrat. Is she a Democrat from yep. Clinton? Yep. What is she? Is what? What's her? What is her elected office? Uh state representative. State representative. Is that a good? Is that a good gig? I don't know. I think there's a hundred of them, or ninety nine of them. Yeah, one for for every county. All right. Uh, I learned something today. Um, but but nonetheless, <laughs> I could be wrong. I'm not a politics not, guy. <laughs> right. Nonetheless, Mary, I don't know who put the, planted this idea in your head, but you've you've got to come around on this. You're going to make it impossible for this bill to get passed. And you've long maintained and and been concerned that the politicians were everybody with their hand out. This was going to get screwed up. Yes. It should be a slam dunk. It is. It should be as simple. We know every casino is ready to go. Mm-hmm. Flip the switch, and they are ready for sports wagering across the state. They're ready to do it. But you have to get past this avenue. And politics, I don't know a ton about it. You're not, you can't even vote here in this country. Right, right. We're probably not the two best about it, but it's a concern that is out there. First domino to fall negative, Trent, was the we got to take Iowa and Iowa State out of, out of play on the in-game playing. Yeah. Second domino to fall was Mary Wolf. What's next? What's next? 3% what, on every bet. This every bet. 3% that when, you do on your phone. Now, yep. if you go to the property, there, there's no surcharge. Because as Mary believes, you're going to go and you're going to bet a game, but you're also going to play slot. Or you're going to have a beer. Or whatever Mary is worried about that's going to help the Clinton County residents keep uh, keep that infrastructure um, money that she's had flowing in since Wild Rose opened over there. I'm a volume player. I like to have a little something on everything. No, it's 10 bucks on everything, but... I want to do 20 games on a college football Saturday. So every one of those bets, $10 Everyone, bets. If you bet on your phone, yes. 3% on each and every, every one, one of those wagers. Not, yes. not for the day. Nope. For every single one. No cap. It's a non-starter. It's, it, it is a non-starter, but not if Mary has her way. And I don't know how many people feel the same way as Mary. I don't. It's, it's, it's a slippery slope right now. What seemed like it was inevitable, and look at Prairie and William Hill. They mm-hmm. spent a lot of money yeah. already, yep. and, and and maybe you know what? Too bad, so sad. Maybe you should have waited for it to actually be passed legislatively before you put. Uh, but you know what? On the other hand, good for them because once the once the green light is given, they can flip the switch instantly. 
we got a lot to get into with Brian Orelko today. We do. 10.45 coming up with Brian. Uh, we're going to talk some uh, Sweet 16 coming up here in the next five minutes or so. Aaron Torres from Fox Sports going to join us. We'll do March Madness with him. Joe Quinn on Hoiberg slash Miles. What is going on over there in Nebraska? Is Tim Miles uh, going to get his walking papers today? Are they going to make him... Uh, wait another couple of days before what seems to be inevitable happens to him. And is Fred Hoiberg the uh, heir apparent as most seemingly feel that it is? And this got to bother him that A, it got out the way it did, and B, the way that the guy's uh, spot who he's going to take uh, is being treated. This is not the way you do it, Nebraska. It's just not. Did the president quitting his job have anything to do with that? I know that that's the card that they're going to play, whether it did or whether it didn't. Uh, he's out the door now when everybody knows about it. Do the do what you're going to do, but just do it soon. You know, there was a, there was a television crew that showed up outside the Nebraska uh, basketball offices yesterday, and I don't know Trent if you saw this or not. I'm not sure what channel, what station it was over in Lincoln, but they didn't go in the offices. They staked out. <laughs> Tim Miles' vehicle. They knew what he drove, and they when he walked out of the complex, he the reporter um, shouted a couple of questions at Tim Miles. You know, yep. have you learned anything? Is there anything new? And I was shocked at the response that I saw on Twitter to that reporter. I think it was a woman, so I'm going to say doing her job. If it was a guy, I apologize. Um, Unanimously, for the most part, certainly nine out of ten people that responded were disappointed that that TV station would have the audacity to ask a head coach who's making $48,000 a week if there's been any news on his job. That's what reporters do. That's a journalist doing a journalist's job. You know, the TMZ, this is Lincoln, Nebraska, this isn't TMZ. BS. It's very cultish over there. Why? I guess. And this is something I'd be pissed off if this happened here. Fill in the blank. Coach (laughs) loses, is on the hot seat, is in limbo, and somebody's over in Iowa City or somebody's over in Ames and asks one and would limit it to the big four. If there's been any decision on you and Channel 13 or 8 or 5 goes over and asks that question, Trent, they're doing the job. They should ask that question. I would be upset with the news channel that didn't do that, that had somebody there and they just sat and here's footage of him walking out to his vehicle. Right. We've seen that before. Why didn't you ask him a question? Right. That's what I'd be upset about. Are you trying to protect something? Those are the questions that go mm-hmm. on. This is the men- the mentality over there, though. That Nebraska, they, they're they a different breed. So you don't think that would happen here? If if somebody... Oh, there, there would be a, a percentage, but not the big percentage mm-hmm. like, like you were talking about there. there there's it was always... 9 out of 10, Trent. Yeah, and, and it's, it's wild. It's... A, person doing their job absolutely and and at the same time i'd be more pissed off if i was the gm of the other stations over there that didn't send anybody <laughs> right, over there right and i don't know if it was i'll just pick a, i'll just say a network this no. this was uh abc8 over abc8 there. gotcha so if if the general manager of nbc local nbc and cbs i would be pissed off they got the sound right why didn't somebody else do right it? where were you I don't know. Uh, Aaron Torres next. We'll talk uh, Sweet 16. Brian Rilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Brian's not the one that you're, we're going to scream and shout at. Brian's going to, Brian is um, going to enforce the rules. Whatever he's handed, that's, mm-hmm. this is what he does. But I want to get a status update, and I want to run my concern by him is, you know, are we maybe further away to what seemed like it was going to be inevitable now that the politicians are being involved? We'll do that at 1045. Aaron Torres next, Miller & Condon, on Des Moines Sports Station, 14th. Numbers. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 15 minutes, Brian Rilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. We'll get a status update on sports wagering here in the state of Iowa. Let's get Aaron Torres in here. We'll talk a little Sweet 16 with Aaron. We'll go back in the tournament as well. Fox Sports Radio is where you can hear him. Aaron, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for coming on. Aaron, how are you? Fellas, good morning. Good to be with you. How's everybody? Doing fine. Glad you're with us. And, you know, let's go back before we go forward um, and to, to take a look at the Sweet 16. Boy, all the favorites on Saturday and Sunday one. I guess maybe the uh, the Tennessee-Iowa game as well as the UCF-Duke uh, game uh, saved it, perhaps, as far as having a little intrigue and a little drama. Boy, that Duke ending was unbelievable. We saw them do the similar thing, get lucky when the ball wouldn't fall. I believe it was Wake Forest in the regular season. Obviously, the the stakes here are a lot higher, but man, we've seen that before this year. Yeah, yeah, no, it was an interesting finish for sure. Um, you know, it, it has been funny, kind of the narrative coming out of that game, like, oh, uh, you know, UCF was just, you know, they are a tough matchup for Duke. They got it, you know, they rim protection. They have athletes, seven foot six, Taco Fall. Like, I think it's the biggest crock of you know what I've ever heard in my life. Like. You know, UCF lost two weeks ago in the AAC tournament to Memphis by 24 points. You know, so, like, I think that that game exposed to me more than the fact that Duke held on to survive. What it told me, I don't think Duke's going to win the national championship. Mm -hmm. I actually think they're going to struggle to get out of this weekend um, in D.C. I mean, when you look at that D.C. regional you have a Virginia Tech team that already beat them. Yep. Now, granted, Virginia uh, Duke was without Zion Williamson, but people forget Virginia Tech was without their starting point guard, Justin Robinson, and I right. think that team's going to come in really confident in that game. And if you win that game, even if Duke wins that game, they either have an LSU team, which is a super crazy athletic team um, with great guard play. They can do all the things physically that UCF can do only with better players – or you have a, a Michigan State team that Iowa fans know all too well that's a bunch of juniors and seniors, grown men, physical, and not going to be afraid of Duke. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of conversations coming out of the game about, oh, you know, was it a block or a charge on Zion? Oh, did R.J. Barrett push off? Like, UCF had their chances to win that game, but it, but that game also only made me more confident in my pre-tournament prediction that Duke is not going to be your eventual national champion. Speaking of the ACC, I know you're going to be out in Anaheim for that uh, regional. Three teams that were there a year ago with Gonzaga, Florida State, and Michigan all out there in the L.A. area again, this time up in Anaheim. But Florida State, Ken has liked this team throughout the season. That was kind of his his sleeper pick, if you will, for the Final Four coming in out of the four-seed range. This Florida State team, we know they're good. They're talented. Lost a year Deep. ago in the Elite Eight. Are they good enough, though, to win four more games to, to win six straight? 
Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, are they good enough? Yeah. Like, I think, you know, honestly, with the way the bracket's broken, where we really have no upsets, I think outside of Oregon, maybe Kentucky, if they can't get back, P.J. Washington, maybe mm-hmm. Auburn, I think just about everybody at this point is good enough to win four more games uh, and claim a national championship. Um, Florida State, look, I think their path is a little tougher than people are giving them credit for. I think it's easy for people to say, well, they played Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 last year and look at the trouble that they gave them. Well, Florida State did beat Gonzaga last year in this exact same game in this exact same regional as you referenced, Trent. Um, You know, Gonzaga, Killian Tilly was out with injury, and obviously Brandon Clark at that time um, you know, was not playing and was not eligible. And Brandon Clark, I think, has turned himself into an eventual lottery pick this year. So it's a little bit of a different Gonzaga team. But, no, I, I've actually been a fan of Florida State as well all season long. You know, I was big on them going into the ACC tournament. Um, you know, people know that follow me on Twitter. You know, I, I had a little uh, little money on Florida State at 20-1 to 1 to win the ACC tournament. Was feeling great after that Virginia game. Um, in the semifinals, but I, I think people still probably struggle to realize that, I forget what the number is, I don't know if it's 14 out of their last 16, 16 out of their last 18, somewhere in that frame, they've won about that many games, so 14 out of 16, I believe, is the number um, coming into this one. Their only losses at North Carolina and Duke in the ACC championship game, and so if you can run through that gauntlet in the ACC, I think you can absolutely uh, potentially play yourself into a position to win a championship this year. Mm-hmm. Aaron Torres is our guest, Fox Sport Radio. Uh, Aaron, I've got to be honest, um, North Carolina-Auburn to me is a fascinating matchup. If the you know All the games that lie ahead of us, the eight games on Thursday and Friday, if I could only watch one, that might might be the one that I'm locked into. This game fascinates me. Well, it should be, to your point, the most entertaining game of the weekend for sure. Um, And, you know, selfishly, because I make everything about myself, (laughs) I feel a little vindicated with my Auburn to the Final Four pick in the Mm. preseason. I got mocked, and now we have to forget my Nevada to the Final Four (laughs) pick in the preseason. That's neither here nor there. But, you know, this was the Auburn team that I was expecting to see. Um over the course of the last three, four, five months. And I think, look, the bottom line is, um, you know, they a couple of the guys that were suspended in the FBI case got put back on the roster this year. And I think it took them a while to figure out how all the parts fit together. But, I mean, if you look at them, they lost at Kentucky towards the end of February. They haven't lost since. That includes two wins over Tennessee, one at home, one in the SEC tournament. Um they obviously blitzed Kansas in the uh, second round of this NCAA tournament. And so, like, you know, maybe they're one of those teams that can't win four more, but can they win on Friday night against North Carolina in, in what will probably be the most entertaining game of, of the third round, the Sweet 16? I absolutely think so, yes. Aaron here in uh, Big Ten and Big 12 territory. We kind of hit the crossroads with Iowa and Iowa State. We get a matchup between those two, the only remaining, remaining Big 12 team in Texas Tech against Michigan a matchup to me is a coin flip. Michigan is a two-point favorite out in Vegas right now. But give us a, a breakdown of this matchup. What do you expect to see with the Red Raiders and the Wolverines? Well, I think we're going to see a lot of really good defense. Um, these Most are two scoring. of the better defensive teams in college basketball. And this may be the exact opposite of Auburn, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Is if you're looking for, <laughs> if you're looking for. Um, you know, 100 to 98 or, or mm-hmm. 94, 92 is a final score. This might be one that you skip on a <laughs> Thursday night, a game that I'll be at. But, you know, I, I think two of the really better 
better just coach teams in college basketball. Um, John Beeline, you know, it was funny. I was on set with Colin Cowherd yesterday. We were talking off air. And he just said, man, this team is so well coached. And that's the consensus around college basketball. John Beeline may be the best X's and O's guys in the sport, but I don't think you can dismiss Chris Beard from that either. I mean, you know, you guys know this because you're in Big 12 country. Texas Tech, you can argue, is maybe one of the five worst Power 5 jobs in college basketball. Yeah. I mean, it's up there with the Ole Misses and the Auburn. Washington, and the Washington State. State. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. As far as teams that that really have no history, no reason to really think that there's going to be success. You know, there's a lot of players in Texas, but none of them are in the Lubbock area, Mm. ironically, except for Jared Culver, who's from that area. But that is a place that, you know, Chris Beard has made it look so easy there. Um, And it's amazing, right? Because they go to the Sweet 16 last year, and it's been well documented, but I, I forget the exact numbers. I think they lost five out of their top six scores or something like that. And I do think his background, um, you know, he's coached minor league basketball. He's coached at the JUCO level. I think his background of kind of just constantly changing parts and changing players helps him out in a situation like this because he brought in a few grad transfers, Tariq Owens and, and Matt Mooney, a couple freshmen, a couple guys off the bench who have stepped up. Jared Culver went from role player to a star. But this guy is making it look so easy. And I'll tell you this, um, there are a lot of fan bases around the country whether it is UCLA right now, whether it is Arizona, if something happens to Sean Miller, you know, Kentucky fans thinking about down the line with life after John Calipari, there's a lot of big-time mm. fan bases that are starting to look at that guy and say, we would like him as our next coach. I don't think he's going anywhere for a while, but I do think it's kind of going underappreciated, underreported just how good this guy's been. Mm, excellent point. Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Aaron, last thing for me, speaking of coaches, that uh, Fred Hoybrick seems inevitable that he's, you know, once Nebraska finally uh, gets around to firing Tim Miles, which is another story in its own right, uh, that Hoiberg is going to be the guy there. So two-parter, uh, just the way that Nebraska's handled the whole Miles situation since the season is over. And do you like the Hoiberg to Nebraska if indeed it comes to fruition? Yeah, I would think at this point it's a pretty done deal because it, it, I think it might even I, – I don't know the logistics behind the scenes of how all this stuff works in some cases, but I don't know if there's a signed contract already or what because to me, if I was Nebraska AD Bill Moose, because remember, there's a chance that Steve Prohm leaves Iowa State for Alabama, right? Mm, I don't slim, think but – happen. Yeah. What's that? I think slim, but yeah, it's possible. It's his alma mater, well, right? Yep. But, and, but you know what? Slim is enough where if I was Bill Moose, I would be making a move on Fred Hoiberg. Mm, and so yeah. I bring that up to say that my, my inclination, this isn't sourced, I haven't talked to anybody about it, is that, as you alluded to, the deal is probably literally done at this point, um, not even just metaphorically. And, look, I, I think he's about as good as Nebraska could have done. Look, I think you can make an argument that Fred Hoiberg was the most coveted, realistic coaching candidate on the job market now. Now, you know, fan bases can talk about, oh, can I get Billy Donovan back from the pros? Um, fan bases can talk about, can I get Chris Beard to lead Texas Tech? But Fred Hoiberg was there for the taking, and I live here in L.A., and he was the first name that popped up in at UCLA. I never thought it would be a great fit personally, um, so I'm not surprised to see that, that he uh, – I, I don't think the interest was reciprocated from Fred Hoiberg, but, you know, he's a Midwest guy. He's going to do it with transfers. My understanding is some of the assistants that um, – 
you know, he had uh, at uh, Iowa State may come back with him to Nebraska. And look, I think it's going to be a lot of the same blueprint. Try and get those three- and four-year developmental guys, Monty Morris, uh, you know, Niang, but also go after the transfers. And I think it's going to be a balance of both. I think he's going to have success. I don't know what success for Nebraska is. I don't know if he can replicate what he did at Iowa State where whatever it was, five tournaments in six years or whatever, I think he made two sweet 16s. Um, I don't know if that's totally replicable at Nebraska with as tough as the Big Ten is. But he's going to win games, man, and I think that that's about as good as they could expect to do. Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio. Aaron, thanks for giving us a hit. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. No problem, guys. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Aaron See you in Torres. Minneapolis. Oh, that's yes. right. So you'll be there, too. Another one that i got to buy a green belt or two for. Well, that's a, you, here, I'll pay for that. He's a good guest. Yes. Uh, we'll take, uh, take a time out. We come back. Uh, sports wagering conversation with Brian Arilka from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. What's the latest? What's the status? Find out next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. In Hawaii. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Top of the hour, whenever we rejoin. Joe Quinn, ESPN 590 over in Omaha. Get the latest on the Tim Miles out, Fred Hoiberg in. Neither of those two are official yet. Seems like it's inevitable, but we'll get to talk to Joe Quinn about that. And then Zuba Mahante in 35 minutes in his regular spot. Let's talk sports wagering, shall we? Uh, Brian Arilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. We'll get a status update from Brian. Brian, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well. Good to be here, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you, Brian. I appreciate being able to reach out to you like I I do. So what I thought was uh, inevitable was a um, home run. No doubt about it. It's going to happen. I'm starting to get the sense that I still feel it's going to happen, Brian, but there may be not as smooth sailing as I originally anticipated. Politicians are getting involved now with in-game wagering and then perhaps a 3% mobile wagering tax that's been thrown out there. I know they have nothing to do with you, but um, do you get the sense, like, like I do, that maybe there's some work to be done yet before this thing does see the governor's pen? No, I think that's a fair assessment, and I, I definitely think that's the case. I mean, if you if you were to look at this, and if this was a 12-round boxing match, I think right now they're in round six or seven. I think most people would say that the advocates for sports wagering might be slightly head ahead on the card, but you know, could change with one punch. And you know, we started with four bills in each uh, chamber. There there was not eight unique ideas. There were four. They were companion bills. It was down to one. Um, the bill right now that is surviving in both the House uh, and the Senate, uh, it's uh, a bill that uh, sports wagering would be operated by the casinos. There's an Internet component on on-site registration for the first 18 months. Uh, however, once you've done that one time, you can fund your account um, through a mobile application. It's more the traditional types of wagers that I think most people are used to point spreads, totals, money lines, props. There is a fantasy sports component. Um, the Senate's moved this bill through the uh, through the state government committee. It's still waiting for ways and means um, for you know maybe some fees and taxes to be discussed. But in the House, all of that stuff was part of the bill, uh, and it has passed the state government committee and the ways and means committee, and is and is awaiting for floor debate. And so. 
Um, I, I still, you know, I've attended all the hearings, and um, it seems to me that um, a lot of the discussion has shifted from whether or not this is something that should be done to um, trying to uh, make good policy. And so some of those things that um, I think maybe you've touched on or uh, previously or, or will here uh, is are things that um, still need to be worked out. But uh, I, I do still get the sense that um, people want to work those things out. But, you know, with any legislation, it's, it's hard, hard to say for sure. You know, how much of this, too, is a grandstanding component where people, you know, get their name out there. They they help their consist. Cons- to, to your point, Trent, I never heard of Mary Wolf or mentioned her name right, on the air. Right, right, and, and here we are, and we, we've talked about her a lot. You know, how much is that a part of this? It just feels like get this thing started. You know, somebody uh, Troy from Urbandale called in uh, right before when we were talking about this earlier, and he brought up the fact that when gambling in the state of Iowa started. You could only be it on the water. You could only have a certain amount of time that you could be out there. You only a certain amount of money. Two hundred dollars, I think. Yeah, that you could wager to start out. Just get this thing started, and and we'll almost figure it out as we go. Yeah, and that and that really has been, um, you know, sort of the the focus from the bill sponsors in both uh, uh, in in both sides, and, and and actually, you know, all of the members of the two committees that have done a lot of work on these bills and as they're they're trying to understand um what is happening and and um and so they the policy seems to be um uh in place and so it's it's some of the more complicated things that uh when you start dealing with fees and taxes um that that get people uh excited and and so i think i think at least at this point in time um the 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 policy, uh, you know, is is um, is there in terms of can this be something that can be regulated uh, in in a, a fashion that you know protects the people that are doing it? And I think both bills do a good job of, of giving um, the, the commission the resources to do those things. And, and in addition to that, you know, both at least in the House bill. Um, you know the fees right now are uh, you're dealing with a 6.75 percent tax rate, which is which is uh, uh, low compared is. to other jurisdictions. Yep. And so, so you know that uh, I think most people on those two committees recognize that um, if those fees go up, they'll get passed along to the consumer, and and and, and then you know at that point it raises questions as to you know is there a, you know do people stop what they're doing if they are doing it illegally, mm-hmm. but. But uh, so, yeah, I think I know I think there is some part of that. But but I think, um, you know, and I think those are the discussions that we'll see on the House floor, I think, through amendments, because, um, you know, at this point in time, there's been some. uh, But I think both uh, of the bill sponsors and the committees have really focused more on the policy and not on the on the money. Mm-mm. Brian Urilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. I couldn't agree with you more uh, that betters are going to shop around for the best price. And if we're trying to eliminate the illegal wagering or the, you know, to shed some sunlight and some transparency on it, if you're going to bump up the price, people are going to do what they've always been doing. That's my opinion, not uh, Brian Urilko's. We continue on here. Uh, it's Miller and Condon. So, so, um, 
does it seem to you like it does to me that if indeed the fl- the switch is flipped that everything the uh, people are made whole whether they have to give up the in-game wagering on Iowa and Iowa State and if Mary finds another way to keep the constituents of Clinton happy with their development plans out there that if it passes we would still be on track for football or perhaps even in advance of that sometime this summer but we wouldn't miss football if everything comes to uh, together by the time it adjourns the legislature adjourns which is usually uh, the beginning of may yeah i believe that is definitely a fair statement with just due to the timing of of when the legislature would adjourn if this were to go and and uh, um, and it was signed by the um, by the governor what will happen then is then it will uh, be the commission's responsibility to uh, draft rules mm-hmm. and and currently we have uh, we have still not changed um, our focus, and I think, uh, um, uh, with respect to being prepared to have rules ready quickly uh, if needed. And, and we've been in contact with a number of other jurisdictions. We've seen what's worked well, what hasn't worked well. And so we'll have that those rules out um, for uh, public input. And the goal would be uh, to try to do something um, you know, I, I don't think it's probably wise for the first bets to uh, in Iowa to occur during college or or pro football season. It would be nice to have a few weeks yeah. uh, le- uh, mm-hmm. leading up to that. So, you know, if in a perfect world, um, you know, we would uh, be going in August, and you know, maybe it would be something um, um, with money lines, point spreads, totals, and. And, and you know get those up and, and and going and and then move into some of the more uh, uh, you know in play stuff you know if if that was even you know something that um, uh, that is an option yeah slow 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 launch soft launch if you will I I think that'd be prudent for everybody uh, last thing for me I'm trying to if you can finish up for you on one uh, I've seen the Iowa and Iowa State stuff off the board somebody doesn't want to be able to bet in game which to me is you know, essentially means that you have to get your bet in on an Iowa and Iowa State game before the ball tips or before the ball is kicked instead of being able to get a point spread at any time during the game. Um, is there been any more? Is there a faction of uh, uh, political people out there that want Iowa and Iowa State to be removed or college sports to be removed in their entirety, Brian? Have you heard that? I, ha- I have not heard that. So I think the effort uh, was... Um, focused primarily on in-play wagering for uh, the Iowa and Iowa State, and well, really for all of the Division One Iowa colleges. And so it was to eliminate that. And in an effort to compromise, that was an amendment that was made in the Ways and Means Committee. And uh, and so currently, uh, the, the, their, uh, the ability to uh, bet on uh, in-state players or their opposing teams uh, for um, – uh, head to head uh, is is head to yes yeah, so, yeah. so so it would just be the in play stuff and so we're not talking about totals money lines or even or even um, it's my understanding that even um, uh, team wagers that are made at halftime so when they when they you know read when they uh, do a line at halftime that would still be something that isn't prohibited it's the it's the on in state players and so it's gotcha. it's really and so you know and that was really one that uh, was an easy one for the casinos to give up because in practice i think you know the majority of the bets are point spreads totals and money lines mm-hmm. and so i think 
Um, you know, props are gaining more in popularity, and, and if you've been in any of those war rooms where uh, those sports books are, are trying to write in-game uh, uh, prop bets, I mean, that stuff moves pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I just, um, I, I, you know, I don't think it was uh, necessarily it's going to be a priority for the sports books in Nevada to be doing a lot of uh, in, in-play uh, wagers for our Iowa and Iowa State, given you know, all of the other teams that they choose from and right so so i just uh, i think it was an easy one for them to give up uh but i I do think uh it helped uh make everybody uh feel comfortable with this and and so that is one amendment that was made simple yes no proposition here's your free play at the conic casino will we be able to gamble legally on football by the time september rolls around Uh, it's a, I, I'm sorry, Fred. It's, a, it's always hard for me. Probably not a good idea for for me to uh, to predict what the legislature will do. I will say this: if if it happens, uh, then then I do believe we'll be ready. Okay, good stuff, Brian. Thank you. I'm sure we'll talk again prior to the uh, uh, the ink being dried. Appreciate it, Brian. Thank you. All right, thank you, guys. Good to talk to you, Brian Arilco from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. So. Nate Stanley versus Brock Purdy passing yards mm-hmm. off the board. I can live with that. Absolutely. Mary, I can't live with a 3% surcharge on mobile wager. On every single every bet. Every single bet. This is not winning bets. You want to bet? We'll do it on your phone. Mary Wolf, Democrat from Clinton, wants you to pay. Pay handsomely. She's nuts. Miller and Condon, hour two next.